Hi, welcome to Sporty Under 40. My name is Sam. My name is TJ. Today, we're just doing a brief sports update on what's going on in the sports world, such as NHL, NBA, and NFL offseason. So make sure you stick around, hang tight, um, share with your friends, and as always, let's have fun. What's up, guys? Again, this is Sam. This is TJ. And we're in week nine. Um, thank you guys for bearing with us as we got to this point. And thank you guys for continuing to be with us as we move forward. Um, we love it. We do. We love it so much. <laughs> um, this week, we are talking NHL, NBA, and NFL offseason. Um, just a little update on where we're at in sports and where we're going to be at moving forward. Um, as always, we are live on Twitch at twitch.tv Sam Manwich. So if you ever want to watch the episodes live, make sure you drop a follow there. Um, but anyway, let's get this, let's get this, uh, episode started. TJ, how are you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. It's been, ah, God, I think, I actually think I sent the Snapchat to you today. It has been such a long week and why I don't really know, but it, it, it really has. Um, I'm excited to get back on the show. Um, as Sam said, like, you know, for those listening on the podcast, we uh, are live on Twitch. Um, we highly encourage listeners and viewers to join us on Twitch um, for the show. Because one, when we're talking and doing stuff, there's a chat room where you can jump in. You can give us feedback. We can kind of interact back and forth with you guys. Um, you know, and that's something me and Sam really enjoy doing when, it, when we do do it. So uh, please, like, I'm going to encourage join us on the chat for the live one you know always it's it's a lot of fun but sure for i'm sure. feeling good um sam you know what i'm feeling don't say it i'm feeling sporty baby god i hate you um sporty and sexy. dude i i quit my job man i'm i'm homeless for the next i quit my job and i paid off my car um you're not so I'm homeless like, you're unemployed <laughs> <laughs> like man what a time so i don't start <laughs> my new job until I don't start my new job until August 4th. So I'm just, I'm just playing video games and watching all kinds of sports stuff, dude. Um, that's like a, that's like a bad, like occurrence of two things. You're like, you know what? I just like to yesterday, I quit my job. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pay my car off. I'm going to pay my car like, off. No, those are the last things. Those, <laughs> they, they don't not know. <laughs> don't do that. But yeah, don't spend more Sam money to get a new job. So, you know, that is, that is why he was able to pay his car off. So I'm proud of you adulting. God, 102 man. at its finest oh god um you ready for the trivia for this week man no but go ahead um it is an nfl question i love only one team in nfl history has had five players score 10 plus touchdowns in a single season can you name that team oh that has to be Two teams come to mind, and I'm 98% sure they're wrong. <laughs> Both of them? or, or... Both of them. <laughs> Okay, let's hear it. My, uh, so my – it's not the – the because I'm trying to think of like – I've lived through two high-powered offensive teams, and that is the – it's not the it's not the 13 broncos okay who do you think it is then is it the 08 patriots 
So your guess is the 08 Patriots. What's your second guess? What was your second guess? The 13 Broncos. Those are the two that pop into my head immediately is the 08 Patriots and the 13 Broncos. What's your final answer? I know it's wrong, but the 08 Patriots. The 2013 Broncos is the correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) The hard part, the hard part about that was, and the reason, so here's the reason why is those were two of the uh, more prolific passing seasons by Brady and Manning. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, right there, there's two players that score touch 10 touchdowns. And then you have, who was it? Moss, Welker. I think Welker was actually a part of both of them. Yeah. Moss on the Patriots, Demarius Thomas on the Broncos. Um, What was his ass? Uh, He has a really hot wife, Eric Decker. (laughs) Um, He was on the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, so I and like I knew there were studs both ways, but what was killing me or why I thought it was wrong was I cannot pinpoint who the running backs were for those two teams. And uh, I could not, I wasn't sure if either running back scored 10 touchdowns. No Sean Moreno was the running back for the 2013 Broncos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, um sense. it was so I'm proud of you because when I read the question, when I like read the question to myself, my mind went similar to yours. But I went for – my mind went for, like, the passing touchdown record, and I know that was Peyton Manning. So I was like, okay, he put up, like, 56 passing touchdowns that year. So I was like, it had to have been the 2013 Broncos just as a safe bet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm proud of you. Um, I still I still think – I remember getting in arguments about that Broncos team. Um, and I did this when they made it to the playoffs. Their, their strength of schedule was – awful mm, like i mm-hmm. think out of their 16 games they only had like two wins against teams with winning records like yeah yeah um but, hear me, I, i'm i'm actually a little upset that i had it <laughs> and it went the other way you go i was like which one do you think is right and you're like oh i think both of them are wrong you know what i mean i was like well um another really interesting like factoid is today is one of the most like historic days in sports history um oj simpson uh ran from the cops um arnold Palmer played his last u.s open um the u.s hosted the world cup the 1994 nba finals which was the chicago bulls and the uh god i can't remember who else is the jazz um maybe i can't remember um and not the jazz the jazz are western conference rangers had their stanley cup parade and ken griffey jr tied the most homers before june 30th all on today's day june 17th so that's cool um what was the one i was just about to say something on one of those i don't know probably something stupid i don't know oh u.s open u.s opens right now and Mm -hmm. uh, i've actually been wanting to watch golf more do i think it'll make me better no is something to do i feel like it's something dads do just watch golf you know well did you get a pair of nike monarchs not yet well then so then you're not really so then you're not really a dad they're on back order because you know how many so many people like had babies like because of covid they're not on back order you're lying i'm being a smart ass (laughs) i was like i was like you don't know this like you're bsing me so hard always Um, always Jumping into tonight's episode, we're going to start off with the NHL. Um, right now, the Lightning and the Islanders are tied at 1-1, as are the Knights and the Canadians tied at 1-1. Uh, 
uh, here's some of the points that I just want to, I'll start off with this. Many believed that Av- the Avalanche were the best team in hockey and um, going into like the Stanley cup and things like that, as we get towards the finals with the Knights beating them, are the Knights the best team in hockey now? Knights are good. <laughs> but, like yeah. they really are. Yes. I mean, it, it's it's kind of crazy. You don't see um, you don't see expansion teams coming in so hot. Like you don't. I don't think you ever really see that. So like the fact yeah. that they're still very very new, um, and they're making noise like crazy. Like I mean, it's really it's really cool scene. And like especially in a, I have a buddy, really good buddy of mine. He lives in Austin, but he travels to Vegas quite a bit. His dad lives in Vegas, and he's a big. He likes gambling, doing stuff like that, and he like instantly became like such a big, uh, such a big uh, Golden Knight fan. So and he talks about it all the time. So that's really cool. Um, but I, I would, I would, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I mean, you can't deny them taking down the Avalanche stuff like you know, like that. It's just well, because if I'm not mistaken, they were down 0-2 on the Avs, and then they came back and went they won all four games they won in six yeah yeah and so that's hella impressive um my guess this is my like predictor i think it's going to be a nav and i'm sorry a knight's lightning final that would be a great final to watch lightnings are actually uh, ah, the lightning are actually at one nothing in the second period right now wow so against against the islanders already against new york yeah god dude um have you ever played NHL? Yeah, love whatever it. on the video game. Yeah, like on PS4. That's the funnest fucking like video game in the world. Like it's so much fun. I love it. I think creating I, your always. character and doing it is well, and it's funny because it's actually one of the like best like rated video games. Um, yeah, each year. Um, but so to your point on the expansion teams, I want to ask you this: Do you think the Seattle Kraken are going to have as much success as the Vegas Knights did within their first couple seasons? One can only hope. I mean, Seattle as a city hasn't been seeing too much success when it comes to their pro sports teams. You know, the Mariners have – I mean, they're trying, but they've been bad for so long. The Seahawks, ever since the – not handing it to Marshawn, they've kind of not really been – I mean, they've been there, just not so dominant. So, you can hope the Kraken will be – will be competitive right out of the gate. Uh, I, I also like that name, Kraken. Dude, it's going to – Very random, but kind of cool. I think it's – I mean – Colors. Yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it's it. cool, man. So before I quit my job, I was working at Wells Fargo. And surprisingly enough, I saw a lot of people with Kraken gear. But the funniest thing was that nobody knew, like, what they were wearing. Like, they were like, <laughs> oh, it was gifted to me by a son who lives in Seattle. And I was like, oh, well, they're the Seattle Kraken. They're going to start an NHL team next year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Like, I'm really looking forward to a lot of their success. Um, and so one of my friends, he's a big hockey fan. He actually said, he made this point. He said um, he doesn't think the um, Kraken will do well for the first couple of years like the Knights did, mostly because the NHL has actually changed a lot of the rules that weren't in place when the Knights started versus where oh, they are okay. now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, I mean, but either way, I think I, I think adding an NHL team to Seattle is really cool. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. I mean, just the fact that uh, NHL is expanding, 
you know, getting bigger. And it's such a, it, it really is as much, as much as people don't want to necessarily, you know, give it the credit. It is a popular sport. Um, and uh, like this, like I was telling you two weeks ago when I was in California for a wedding, a uh, big hockey fan of mine, big uh, buddy of mine, he, while we're sitting there getting wet, ready, putting on our tuxes and stuff, like he's got NHL game just right there on his phone, just glued yeah. to it. So it is popular, you know, like I said, it's still expanding. So, well, and, and it's interesting because I would actually make this point. I would say that hockey takes is the most skilled sport. Yes. I would make that point because, because you start the game and you continue the game. Everyone is all on level playing fields. You can't cut, you know, your players can't cross the um, line until the puck crosses. And so, you know, it prevents a lot of like cherry picking, which you see in like the NBA um as well as shooting a shot you know what i mean like making a goal insanely difficult even blocking a goal is even harder you know what i mean um very physical sport physically and not even just physical because of the the action it's physically demanding you know because like you said it's you know it's not like they're just running out there they're they're on skates they're moving and push you know it, it really is it's it's a cool sport. And, you know, I know we've talked about it a couple episodes ago. Um, NHL in person is fun to watch. Like it is so much fun to watch when you're right up in the action. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, and see, like, I think the exact, I, if I remember correctly, I think statistically the goal is covered 93%, like the goal is covered 90 up to 93%. And so it's like, you have a 7% chance of making a shot. Like, that's dumb. That's just dumb. Um, I'd rather watch hockey than I watch the NBA right now. In all honesty, uh, I don't know. We'll get into that. <laughs> um, but I just, I just wanted to make that point because I think hockey is super tough. Um, yeah. Moving into the NBA, dude, we got a lot of s- stuff hitting the fan with the NBA. It's weird. Today was a weird day in the NBA. Imploding. Dallas, Texas is imploding. How dare you? It is. It's How sad. dare you? I'm real. Honestly, dude, I'm really bummed. To, so for those who don't know, the Mavericks um, just lost their GM this morning and Rick Carlisle stepped down as head coach. Um, Rick Carlisle had been with this team, I think, like as head coach for 14 seasons. Um, yes. I think all in all, like a total of 21 years. Um, Mark Cuban said that he is like really bummed. He lost a good confidant. He lost a good friend. Um, but they still anticipate to be friends and things like that. It was a healthy, like exit, you know what I mean? Um, but it really worries me because Luca intends to sign a super max deal with the Mavericks this summer, but he also said he's not, he, once he signs that super max deal, he doesn't think he's going to be long-term in Dallas, which is scary to me. Um, and in addition to that, a ton of other head coaches have stepped down, um, from the NBA. It's Man, I I mean, just to put it pretty pretty simple, simply, after losing, not losing him, after him retiring and, you know, kind of going through a few bad years of the Mavs, for, if the Mavs were to lose Luka, that that would be pretty detrimental. Like, I just, I, I really think the best thing to do at this point is to sign a superstar, sign Luka to a super max deal, keep KP happy and get one more big name. I mean, yeah. if it means trade for Damian Lillard, if it means, 
make a move for a 76 or like Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, you know, like adding somebody to the mix would really, I think it would make Luca so much happier. And my whole thing is keep Luca happy. If that, um, if he could stay healthy, putting Perzingis with Luca and Damian Lillard, that would be, it's just lethal. Yeah. Like it's, that yeah. would be, that would be a really true, very, like that would be an insane big three. Cause I'm, I'm a huge Damian Lillard fan. Like I really am. Um, I have a lot of respect for the guy when, you know, he keeps losing in the first round, but you know, he comes back and says, I'm, I'm committed to Portland. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get it done. You know, and I, I understand now he's not chasing money. He's not necessarily coming out and bashing, you know, kind of like James Harden did and stuff. He's just like, you can see it. He's, it's in his blood. He wants to win, you know, yeah. and, and I, I feel for him. I feel bad because Portland isn't, it's kind of like the, we talked about it, like the Aaron Rodgers thing. Portland isn't really doing anything to help him. Yeah. Because I think they're a superstar away from being a real finals contender, you know? Well, but it's the same. I mean, that's the same thing with Luca and that's the really hard thing with the NBA right now is that, you know, you make all these moves and there's only two good teams, the Nets and the Lakers, you know what I mean? Like everybody just makes all of these moves. And even right now there's all these like mock trades going on of like, Oh, what if Damian Lillard goes to the, lakers what would it cost and yada 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 and it's like dude like it's just such a shame because it's like i i'm really looking forward to the day that lebron james retires because i think we'll see a different nba at that point i think we'll be back to a more um one to two superstars a team and more like deep drafts and things like that but right now i'm not like happy with it another really interesting thing which i would crap my pants um zion and his family the williamson family is unhappy with the pelicans Mm -hmm. um i don't think there's a chance that zion goes to the mavs but that'd be cool because he said he does not want to be in new orleans if it continues this way yeah Um, and that that's a true one too kind of back to your point you know all these lebron fanboys are gonna you know, try and find me where I live when I say this, but as great and as talented as he is, it's, it's almost like LeBron ruined basketball, you know, the whole, because everybody can sit here and try and act like he didn't start it and, you know, point the finger, but, and it's really just, like I said, the LeBron fanboys, but he's the one that started this trend of let's get three superstars and let's put them all together and just join up to where we see the same teams in the finals every single year. Yeah. We talked about this last week. I'm so excited. The fact that we're not going to see as, you know, as much as I like Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, you know, guys like that, that we're not going to see, you know, Steph or LeBron in the finals again, we're going to see something that teams like just teams that we haven't seen, you know, we might see Milwaukee and Utah, yeah, which would you know? be weird. You yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season, if I, you know, if I would have walked up to you and said, "Oh yeah, Sam, so the final four teams is going to be, uh, you know, Phoenix, Utah, Milwaukee, and the Hawks," would you believe me for a second? Absolutely no. not. No, absolutely not. You would not believe me. You know, and I think that's just what 
is there as everybody wants to sit here and say it's great that LeBron's been in the finals, you know, so many consecutive years. It's boring. You know, I just don't understand how people can sit here and just really stay tied into it. It's just yeah. Well, and, and you know what? Like just kind of playing off of what Sam just said in the chat. He's you know going back and forth with a guy watching. It's now if you want to win, you have to join up with other superstars. You know, you can't just be a superstar with role guys and, you know, a deep roster because that's just not going to work anymore. Well, so I am. I am looking forward yeah. to when LeBron retires and basketball and so, shows more parity. And so what, again, we are live on Twitch as always. And so we have one of my buddies, Caleb, who is in the chat. Um, Caleb's a LeBron supporter, which is great. You know what I mean? We love going back and forth. And Caleb and I talk probably a handful of times a week about different sports things. But Caleb is making the argument um that um he's like quotes um you act like it's his fault that teams had to literally build super teams to beat him um i i think the counterpoint is it's not necessarily lebron's fault that teams were built to beat lebron but rather a lot of role players a lot of like what tj's talking about is they want to play with lebron and i don't blame them it's the same thing with tom brady like people who you know come out of a contract and things like that they want to play for they want to go get a ring and they want to play for the best person who's available, the best team that's available. And sometimes that is LeBron because he is arguably the best player in NBA right now, you know, him and Kevin Durant. And that's why we've seen a lot of like, you know, I don't want to say recruiting, but that's why we've seen a lot of players like wanting to go there. And it forces the other teams to build super teams to beat them because a lot of these teammates want to be together. Right. Um, They want to be, with LeBron or they want to be with KD um, or they want to, they want to be with that team um, to give them the best chance of winning. And so um, that's why I'm like, I don't really think, I don't think like, I'm just going to give my opinion. I don't think LeBron's really texting like Damian Lillard right now going like, Hey man, you should drop everything and come to LA. I think the Lakers in their mind are thinking how many good years do we have of LeBron left and how many years do we have with AD um, and let's build a team to put them in the position to win. And if it costs us some money and if it costs us some depth, then we'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like one of the mock trades was like Kyle Kuzma first round pick and some other things for Damian Lillard. And it's yeah. like, well, that like, you know, I don't really know if anyone in the world will take that because Kuzma has not shown up at any point in time, but if you offer enough draft cap- capital, you know, you could probably get away with it. Um, so that's why I go like, I really hate the concept of super teams, but I also don't like blame them because I mean, hell dude, if I was up in a contract in the NBA or NFL um, and I, I would take a pay cut to go give myself the best opportunity to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, if I hadn't won yet, like I'm, I'm I, like, I can't blame them. You know what I mean? Um And so it's just, it's really hard for me because I don't, it's not, it's not LeBron's fault. um, But I think by like, by default, there is a sense that it's like, man, he ruined the NBA. You know what I mean? Which isn't entirely true. Like he didn't, the NBA is not ruined, but it definitely, it's not what it used to be. No, it it isn't. And like uh, we've talked about, it's, you know, it's such a different game. I mean, even like in 2021, you go back, you know, 10 years ago, 
uh it's just it's such a it's a different game you know me and my friend were talking about this you see games in the nba now like it hits 120 130 points every single game like every game you know they all do game seven of kobe's last title the final score was 83 to 79 you know you don't see any just physical just knock down drag out just tough grind it out gritty basketball games anymore it's just all it's almost like the concept is first 200 wins you know just shoot the lights out and you know it's uh, and it is it's just a different game you know and the game's gonna evolve it's gonna change i don't expect the game to be the same thing as it's been since the well, 1960s, 1970s no sport is well and it's interesting because like take last night's game for example of who just got what was the comeback um against the 76ers yeah yeah it was well 26 points yeah really what we're seeing in basketball is the game isn't really played until the fourth quarter you know what i mean it's all warm-ups until the fourth quarter in the fourth quarter you start seeing a lot of strategy of timeouts and a lot of um putting the team in the best position and wasting some shot clock or using the best you know taking an early shot you know what i mean you see a lot of that stuff in the fourth quarter done well um and and so i think i and i think that's why i really appreciate the nba this season is because the best coaches have typically come out and top on top meaning yeah. the suns coach um the knicks coach um the jazz coach like a lot of those teams have come out on top because they're better coached you know one one in particular just going off what you just said steve nash yeah with the nets i mean i know they have the I know they have the superstars and everything, but just, just, to, just to see a guy like Steve Nash, who we grew up watching and playing and, yeah. you know, I don't know about you, but I was a big Steve Nash fan. Uh, He's a beast. Dude. He started him, just, just to see him. It, it, it's really cool to see him be successful. Yeah. Um, another one is doc, you know, he was kind of blamed for the Clippers downfall last season. And, you know, so they get rid of him and here doc is, is in the same position, you know, doc's making doc's making work of the Sixers. So that, you know, that's another pretty cool one. Well, anyway, where the NBA is at now, the Nets are up three, two Um, Atlanta is up three, two on the Sixers. The Clippers are up three, two on the jazz, which is really interesting because, um, I'll get into that. I'll, I'll say this. The Suns swept the Nuggets, which, I mean, holy cow, that's incredible. That was a little surprising. Yeah. A little surprising. I stand by the Suns-Nets finals. You know what I mean? Especially with all the rest that they're getting. Um, I mean, if these games go into game seven, this is going to be another three days of rest for the, for the Suns. Um, One big kicker, like we were talking about, what was it, yesterday, Sam, maybe two days ago, is, is if Chris Paul is going to be available. Um. I, I guess one thing that's kind of worrisome is they're not really releasing a whole lot on what, why he's entered health and safety protocol. It's, know, it, yeah. So if he's available, yes, absolutely. I, I really like the Suns in the, in the Western conference finals, but you know, as great as Devin Booker is, if, if Paul's not around, I, I think they're a little, little more of a different team. Yeah. Um, Clippers, the reason it's interesting that the Clippers are up on the Jazz is because the Clippers believe Kawhi tore his ACL. Now, there is no official word. Um, and what I, I, I read, I pulled this up. Yeah, I pulled this up just before we started the episode. And what they're saying is it may be a sprain. But again, there's no official word. 
Um, they think it's either a tear or a sprain. Um, even a sprain, like that's I, that's tough. I so that's why I'm curious as to what will happen with the Clippers in the next game or the next two games. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's really weird. Um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Zion is unhappy in. Um, New Orleans, um, his family's unhappy with the performance that Zion's been giving out in New Orleans. Um, it's hard for me because I really didn't like Zion going into the draft. I thought he, I was like, Hey, he's not gonna be able to stay healthy because of the shape of his body. He's too bit. It's, it's a bad thing that he is literally too big. He's too muscular. He is, he cannot run up and down this court. You know what I mean? Um, and he's been hurt the first two seasons, um, each time, you know what I mean? He missed like three weeks due to a finger injury or something like that just a while back yeah um, personally uh, when he was coming out i liked the other two better um rj barrett and cam reddish you oh know, dude i'm, I'm really all about john morant i knew john morant was gonna win rookie oh, of the year from i'm just saying as far as the duke guys so, oh uh-huh oh yeah jay Morant, absolutely i was just saying as a duke guy i really like barrett and, and reddish you know as much as uh i'm not a duke fan watching them in the ncaa tournament barrett and you know, Barrett and Reddish were the real deal. I really liked R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett was. Well, yeah. And and look, I mean, Barrett's having more success with the Knicks. You know what I mean? Um, I thought Barrett was going to, I knew Barrett was going to have more success than Zion would. Um, and it's not just because he's on the Pelicans. You know what I mean? Oh, he got the number one overall pick. It's like, Whoa. that's not it. The- R.J. Barrett went to the Knicks. And if you thought they were going to have any kind of success, yeah. But look, he's doing it. You're right. He's doing he, it. He went further in the playoffs than the Pelicans did. You know what I mean? Like, and he's, 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 I don't want to say he's been on a better team. And I'm not saying that stuff makes a better athlete because you can argue like, oh, well, he got carried by Julius Randle. It's like, well, I'm, we're not going to get into that, but um, I, I just, I'm interested to see what happens with Zion because he has been such a big name for such a long time since the dude was literally like 10 years old. We've been talking about him dunking on kids and you know making moves and things like that and so um it'll be interesting man it'll really be interesting i called it um what was it i mean it wasn't their senior year it was their only year at duke um of course my bracket that year was busted you know probably about three hours in but they they escaped a few wins here and there and like just got lucky got away with some told a friend of mine when they played uh when they played Michigan State I was like dude they ain't beating Michigan State he goes you don't think so like come on that's crazy they're I like dude they've been getting away and teens have had chances to beat them I said Michigan State doesn't miss that chance Michigan State beats them sure enough yeah TJ was right again yeah I, I mean <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. You just tell me it'll it'll, it, it'll be interesting. <laughs> um, finally, moving into the NFL offseason, more craziness has been happening. Um, it's been it's been a fun past couple of days. We talked about it last week. Um, uh, Julio Jones is on the Titans. So that's cool. Good for him. Um, my first note is Le'Veon Bell shoots himself in the foot again. Oh, my God um any chance he had of getting signed on a team he just threw it out the window by talking shit about Andy Reid again I, and it's hard for me because we actually saw Le'Veon Bill on the field like and I, I as a fantasy owner for Clyde Edwards I was afraid of Le'Veon Bell's like dude this is gonna hurt Clyde Edwards mm-hmm. like 
stock. This is going to hurt his carries. This isn't cool. And it did. You know what I mean? Now, granted, the Chiefs passed a lot of the time, but it doesn't change the fact that like they weren't involved in the run game. And so to for Le'Veon Bell to say like, oh, I didn't have a chance. It's like, what do you mean? Like you took carries away from their first round pick. Like, yeah, you 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 had more carries in him than in several games, dude. You know what I mean? And so to go out there and talk shit about on actually one of the best head coaches in in the NFL right now, you're not helping history. Yeah, you're not helping your case here. So um again we're live in the chat and this is my point. I don't think we I don't think we see Le'Veon Bell step on the field. I think he's done. If if he does, if he does, it's gonna be you know what? Let me retract that. You're probably right because here's the problem we've seen with Le'Veon Bell since his last year in Pittsburgh. He wanted to get paid because he thought he was, you know, so great. And he was, he had a great career up until that point. I think a lot of it is, is that his style of play matched what they did in Pittsburgh extremely well. I thought, Mm -hmm. I think that's, that was a great reason of his success. I'm not knocking his talent. So then he sits a year out and then he signs with the jets and does nothing. Second year of the jets does nothing. All he's sitting out that year. Yeah, all he's done since his last year in Pittsburgh is talk. Mm-hmm. He got a he got an opportunity of a lifetime. The Chiefs called him and said, "We want you to com- compliment our rookie running back to take some load off of him. We just need you to be you." And he couldn't even do that. He had he got chances. It's 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 really hard for me because I view Le'Veon Bell the same way that I viewed Cam going into the season. So last season, Bill Belichick said this. He said, hey, we're going to, or I, it wasn't Bill Belichick, but I, it was one of the analysts that I was listening to. They said, um, Cam Newton, this is his opportunity to just be there and to get the stamp of approval from Bill Belichick. If he can get the stamp of approval for Bill jo- Belichick for one year, he doesn't need to be on the Patriots next year. He can be anywhere and get the stamp and carry that stamp of approval anywhere. And Le'Veon Bell had an opportunity to just get the stamp of approval from Andy Reid and then the second he doesn't get resigned, he runs his mouth and is like, I will never coach for Andy, never work with Andy Reid again. He's terrible, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, dude, why'd you go and do that? You had the stamp of approval and then you just tossed it in the trash because you didn't do anything bad and you didn't do anything good. So you could probably fall, fly under the radar as another backup somewhere, but now nobody's going to want you. No, because he's all talk for one, like I said, you know, and I'm sure Andy Reid doesn't really give a shit what Bell has to say, you know, and Reid's like, well, I have a ring and you don't. So, um, but if Bell, if Bell wants to play again, he's got to get humble and he's got to get humble fast because no team out there is in need of a running back so bad that they're going to say, we're going to pay you this and we want you to be our starting running back because he's not a starting running back anymore. He's, so- he's, he's a, he's a, he's a committee guy. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Some systems, third down back. That's about it. Let me ask you this. Similar running backs, similar situations. Who would you rather have Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? That one's tough. So I'll give you, I'll give you a, like a scenario. Let's say you're, let's say you're the uh, GM for the dolphins, right? You have miles Gaskins who had a good, uh, a good season, um, you want to give, you want to do the same thing. You're probably going to run with miles Gaskins a lot, but you need somebody who can 
take some of the load off who's a veteran who knows how to find the holes and maybe can coach the guy up a little bit. Do you sign Le'Veon Bell or do you sign Todd Gurley? If I'm Miami in that situation, I go Gurley. I think Gurley, you know, I think, I don't think Gurley's necessarily been so much of a media distraction as Bell has been. Sure. And, yeah. you know, I think Gurley probably fits in that system a little bit better. Then again, I don't think there's a system that really fits bell better than Gurley. i'd i'd roll with Gurley in that situation so so let me ask you this right um just again picking your brain let's say um uh let's say man let's say the rams right now again just ignore the the fact that todd Gurley had a career with the rams but let's say the rams um cam Akers goes down for the season right and who do you call, Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? That one's a uh, that's a good one because that one's actually a little bit tougher. In my opinion, it is. Yeah. Not just because Gurley has been there, but I mean, I could see I could see Bell uh, fitting in that system decently well. Um, and I think uh, I think when you're looking at it, I think the Rams are a little more of a set system over the past few years more than Miami is, you know, just because of McVay and his success. Um, and I think the difference, a huge difference is, is I don't think the Rams don't need a veteran leadership like the Dolphins do. Sure. So so Le'Veon could fit with the Rams because I mean you got Stafford you got some veteran receivers you have a good head coach you know in a really good defense you know and it could be one of those things where that might actually be a good fit for Le'Veon simply because Le'Veon could walk in and I could see a guy like Aaron Donald going and getting his face being like we don't do that bullshit here where you're just gonna sit here and talk you're here to work or you're not you know because that's that's all Aaron, Aaron Donald is, is he's all work yeah you know, he doesn't well, talk but so, he's so the best defensive player in the NFL, but he doesn't talk about it. But so if you, but again, so if you have a choice, you have a guy who has proven that he's just going to shut up and work Todd Gurley. And you have a guy who has proven he's not going to shut up and talk Le'Veon Bell. I go to, I, I, I hear your reasoning. I go Todd Gurley again. Yeah. Final one, just because this is an interesting game. Final one. Cowboys. Zeke Terrace's ACL. He's out for the season. Tony Pollard's the number one back. Who do you go to back him up, Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? For me, I go Todd Gurley again. Same reasons. Yeah, I, I go, go Todd Gurley again. It's the, in 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 all these circumstances. That's why I'm saying like, I don't think you see Le'Veon Bell suit up if Todd Gurley is on the board. I think I think Gurley. <sighs> Damn, if we were to lose Zeke, I wouldn't mind Gurley. <laughs> but no, I think Gurley would fit the Cowboys a little bit more. Uh, just for I mean, just for our talking sake the rams that would be uh that would be one that like i said Le'Veon would fit but i'm with you you know probably 95 percent of the questions i'm going girly yeah yeah i but but so you get my point of like if girly's really, also got less mileage on him i don't know Le'Veon bell sat out a year Take that. That doesn't necessarily mean that. I could, you know, you could rust sitting out a year. <laughs> um, um, so I, I just think that stuff's interesting, dude, because like I 
Again, if Le'Veon Bell and Todd, if I have a choice between Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley, I'm going Todd Gurley 10, 10 times out of 10. I'm, I'm not even looking at Le'Veon Bell anymore. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and so, so I don't know. Um, next little NFL offseason topic, um, Stephon Gilmore. He wants is, out. he wants out. He's done. Um, that's not, I mean, he's not done, but he wants out of Patriots. The top teams were um, CBS had him ending up. Browns, Niners, Colts, Cardinals, Raiders, and Cowboys. Oh, did I say the Seahawks? No. Seahawks too. So Browns, Niners, Colts, Cardinals, Seahawks, Cowboys, Raiders. Cleveland? I think Stefan Gilmore pushes Cleveland more of a NFC North favorite than the Ravens if he goes to Cleveland. That that would be a nice fit. Um, a lot of youth in that secondary where Gilmore would come in and fit very well. Um, obviously, wouldn't hate to see him in Dallas. Uh, I think Arizona would be a good move. Who are the other ones you said? Uh, Seahawks, Raiders. The Seahawks need some secondary bad. The Raiders. Raiders. Niners. Oh, God. Stephon Gilmore adding to that pass rush, that's that's not fair. So <laughs> here's here's the thing. I really don't hate Stephon Gilmore, but I also I've never really understood the hype in Stephon Gilmore. Um, like I believe more of the hype of Xavier Howard than I do Stephon Gilmore right Xavier now. Xavier Howard, yeah. Um because even when Xavier Howard is tested, he walks away with an interception. You know what I mean? And now Stefan Gilmore is more of like shut down. You're not even going to have a window to throw it. So I get it. Like you can't, and that's the fun thing about DBs is that you can't really compare stats because a lot of the time it's like, okay, the quarterback's just smart enough not to throw it on Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's very true. Um, because if, I mean, like if you're sitting there and go like, Oh, why did Stefan Gilmore not get it? Why was he like not involved in the game at all? Well, it's because he was covering, you know, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes is smart enough not to throw it on Stefan Gilmore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why you saw all the, that's why you saw Travis Kelsey have a hell of a game. Right. So I just, I just like, I really would, I personally would love to see Dallas make a move for Stefan Gilmore. I think it would help the team a lot, but I do agree that there's tons of other places that where he could go. Um, Seahawks would be a fun fit. I really like the Cardinals. I really hate that. I like the Cardinals. Because he can, I mean, that pass rush, you got J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, and Stephon Gilmore. It's a veteran team. It's a very veteran team. But it's several defensive players of the year. Um, I mean, you got J.J. Watt, like, teamed up. Um, you know, he's won defensive player of the year a handful of times. But the really the really fun one to me is um, Jalen Ramsey has been trying to convince him to go to the Rams. I don't think that would happen. But if it was Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore on opposite sides with Aaron Donald, there is no way anybody is doing anything on that defense. But no. the issue is Matt Stafford's going to have to put up at least two touchdowns. And I mean, he could, he's young enough, but they, uh, yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting with the Rams. The, the thing that makes, I think it makes the Rams virtually impossible to pull him is, you know, they just shed all the draft capital, a lot of their draft capital for Stafford, you know? So you're going to have to 
but see a key piece or something because i don't know what's your argument like i don't say what's your argument but what's your value on stefan gilmore at this point you know what i mean the hard part is or not the hard part one one thing teams are going to have a tough time with when it comes to trading for stefan gilmore is bill belichick's not dumb Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just going to let him go for nothing. So that'd be, that'd be the toughest part is making sure you could piece together the right deal. That's going to benefit Bill Belichick. Yeah. Cause not for one second is, you know, is he going to say, okay, you can have Gilmore for less than what I need. He's in that, you know, he's gonna come right out and say, I need this. If you can't give me this, you're not getting Gilmore. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm on that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man, it'll be interesting for sure. I'm like really excited to see this off season. This off season has been a lot of fun. It really has. It's been interesting. Um, apparently, uh, there's more, I guess, a, from what I read and saw a deal is like 60% done Rogers to Denver no um that's that's what i've read that they, they they've laid groundwork and they're progressing i don't know man i i don't know 60 percent done is a large i mean it doesn't me. really that doesn't really mean a whole lot because that could just be like i said the groundwork itself yeah. but um last kind of topic on my nfl offseason which is a one that we talked about earlier and we said we were going to talk about this show all right um Tua through five interceptions at oh, mini camp one. yeah two through five interceptions at mini camp um but the the funny thing is um brian flores came out and said this um brian and Tua both kind of said this um hey this is the mini camp it's time to it's time to um, make those mistakes so I'm okay with it, but this is where I really get interest. Like I kind of tilt my head at Brian floors added on and said this, he said, he is telling Tua to be more aggressive and to lean into those aggressive throws a little bit more. And so it's interesting to me because I think that's a recipe for disaster. You have your quarterback who just threw f- five interceptions without Xavier Howard there. And you have the head coach go out and tell you, Hey, I love the energy. Keep it up. Keep Keep being aggressive. Yeah. Keep ripping. (laughs) And so, and so I, I love Brian Flores. I think he's a great coach, but I think that is a recipe for disaster to tell a guy who just threw five interceptions to be more aggressive because it's like, you're not going to help the case. I've, I, we've talked about it and I've talked about it many, many times. I've been told I was crazy. I just, I'm not a believer. I, I really haven't seen much, you know, and I'm sorry, whether he's a rookie or not, if he's your quarterback of the future and when it comes crunch time and you're not feeling confident in him, that's, that's a clear sign that it's not something, something's not right. And I just, you know, I, I stand by it until I'm proved wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm standing by it until I prove until I'm proven wrong, how I'm proven wrong. I don't know, because like we said, Brian Flores is coaching and the defense, they're going to win them some games. Yeah, absolutely. But what, but what happens when you get to the playoffs and you got to get a stop and then you got to turn around and go score and Tua can't do it. You know, I, 
like I said, I, I'm standing by it till I'm proven wrong. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to last. I really don't. I don't think he's going to last as a starting quarterback. I just I didn't think he was coming out and I just, I don't, I, I don't buy into it. You know, I just I think, think he was sixth or seventh best quarterback in his draft class. Yeah. I, I think that you have to lean into the character, the characteristics of the quarterback. And so like, if it were like, if I'm, if I'm Brian Flores in this situation and I see Tua thrives when he's composed and things like that, I'm trying to help him be in a better mental state with his composure and things like that. I'm not, I'm not pushing into, Hey, fit me. It's me as a coach wanting to fit you. I want to fit you into the best you, you can be. Don't fit yourself into my mold. Let me, and that's exactly, we said the same thing with Trey Lance. Why did Kyle Shanahan go Trey Lance? It's because Kyle Shanahan is going to adapt to Trey Lance rather than have Trey Lance adapt to Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. And and that's the issue with I think that's where I'm that's why I'm not happy with what Brian Flores said is because I think Brian Flores is forcing Tua into his mold rather than Brian Flores moving into Tua's mold. Um, yeah. Because if I'm the head coach, I want Tua to be comfortable. I want Tua to I mean, if it, Tua, if it works for Tua to be the most aggressive quarterback in the NFL by throwing all of these deep bombs like Josh Allen and being great, then I'm adding weapons and I'm adding, you know, dot, dot, dot. Right. I'm really setting him up for success. Um, but if I'm, if I, you know, if I'm leaning more into like the composure system, then I'm getting him another running back. I'm building an offensive line. I'm finding ways to take less pressure off of him and let him throw slants and give him, I mean, Jalen Waddle's a perfect fit, fit because Jalen Waddle will sit in the slot all day and he'll just drop slants off to him and let him run 90 yards. You know what I mean? That's and how, it's going to work. That's how he got his success in Alabama. Yeah. And so, so it's gonna, it's not like it's not going to work. You know what I mean? So that's why I just go like, I, I'm really disappointed with the, what Brian Flores said, because I don't think being aggressive is the right thing for Tua right now. Yeah. I think that understanding the playbook, understanding coverages, being smarter, that's yeah, you're not, there's no record that he ever threw those five picks, but the issue is, is the mentality that he goes into with the NFL season is his head coaches in his ear telling him to keep throwing that stuff. And you're I mean he's gonna end up being Jameis Winston a blind Jameis Winston again you know what I mean it's like I don't know man and even even some of the stuff he did in his rookie year I mean it's not like you saw sorry Sam (laughs) that one got stuck okay (laughs) you saw son of a bitch you saw Herbert step in there in a tough pocket when he needed to take hits rip for the 300 yards. Like you saw it, like you saw him make these insane throws. Mm-hmm. Burrow did the same thing, you know, to it. Didn't his, his first start, he's getting credit for, he's getting credit, you know, Oh, two a one, his, Two won the game or something, or came out and got his first win. Like that's all fine and dandy because yeah, the record will go that he won as a starter. But I and I remember he was twelve for twenty two with ninety three yards. And I remember he was playing against the Rams, and the Rams had four turnovers, and the Dolphins scored two touchdowns just on defense. Mm-hmm. Like I mean. Is that really jaw-dropping stats? No, he didn't really have a whole lot of jaw-dropping games. 
you know, his, his yards per attempt wasn't great. And me and you have talked about this. It just, I don't know. I I'm not into it. You know, if we're sitting here in a year talking about, you know, his MVP season that he just had, then okay. I might sit here and be like, you know what? I was wrong. Maybe he is the real tip. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. And until that day comes, I, I stand by it. I stand by my, my take. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the last, my last NFL topic off season topic is the bears came out and said they are officially not starting Justin Fields week one. I don't know how I feel about that. I just, I think that you let, you let the QB competition take over and see who thrives. You know what I mean? I totally understand like keeping somebody safe and, and protecting them. But at the end of the day, you also want to, you just traded up for this guy at the end of the day, you want to, you want to win as many games as possible to keep some of those guys in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, if, if, I mean, if we're at week six and Justin Fields hasn't seen the field, does Allen Robinson stay? We know Allen Robinson hasn't been happy. You know what I mean? And so I, I just think success is going to have a lot to do with it about the Allen Robinson thing. As far as Justin Fields not starting, I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I, I'm kind of t- I'm kind of torn on that one, Sam. Because I mean, I like so I get it. I, <laughs> I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. I know what I want to say, but I hear all. It, I it's mean, hard. There's some situations where if you don't have to start your rookie QB, maybe don't. Like Jacksonville, start Lawrence. The Jets, you don't have any other option. The Niners. You don't have to start Lance. You can wait on him. The Patriots don't have to start Mac. You can wait on him. Fields, I guess one question you have to ask, and uh, you know what, maybe this is just me, you know, with a coaching mindset. If um, when you're comparing Fields against Dalton over a 17-game season, does Fields really give you that much more? I, I guess that's I guess that's one thing that maybe maybe Matt Nagy is considering. Maybe he's saying, "Yeah, you know what? We know what we're gonna get with Andy Dalton. Fields doesn't push us up that much more." Um, Shavocado in the chat wants to come at me and take some personal shots. No, I'm not mad because that Tua torched Oklahoma. If you uh, check back. Oklahoma had one of the worst defenses in the NCAA that year. Like we would have gotten torched by a D2 team. So Tua torching Oklahoma doesn't impress me, you know? Like I want him, I want him to, I wanted him to torch the Clemson team that he got ruined by the following week. So, but see, I, again, going back to the, going back to the Justin Fields stuff, not kind of changing subjects, but um, again, we are live on Twitch and Caleb said this, which is something that I totally agree with not starting Justin Fields kills Justin Fields confidence. It also makes the fans unhappy with the direction that you're taking the team um, and downward morale for, um, for the locker room. And so that's why I think, I, I guess my issue with it is my issue with it is you don't need to make that decision right now. You don't like we are in July or we're in June and you don't need to go out and say, you don't need to go out and say, Hey, you're not starting. week one. You know what I mean? Like, I say let the quarterback competition play out, make the decision preseason week three, and move from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you don't have to, you you don't like it's 
it, it's June, dude. And to come out this early and go like, hey, we traded up for you. We love your talent. You're a great guy, but you're not going to see the field week one. It's like, let him let him thrive under that competition. Bring out the dog in him. Now, Justin Fields is a dog and he's going to continue to compete. But I think that you see, I just think, I think that, I think that you, you let the man compete. You let him take the field. You let him step up. Like you, why would you, why would you slow that down? You know what I mean? Because now going into OTAs, now going into mini camps, now going into preseason, this guy has no, what's his reason to work? Like, and I say that, like, of course he's going to be the starter week four or whatever. Right. But like, you don't have to, you don't have to publicly and bring out the media and go like, Hey, he's not going to see the field. It's like, that's not cool. I, I don't know. Cause it's, they moved up and took him with the clear sign. It's not necessarily like, Hey, we moved up. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that it needs to be, well, we moved up to get you. So you're going to start right away. I think it's, you're like Andy Dalton's not our long-term answer, you know, and it might've just been where the bears hands were tied because we had talked about it, Sam, in our mock drafts episode episodes and stuff. I don't think either of us were really sure if the bears were going to be able to move up and get a quarterback, you know, a few of our mocks, we had quarterbacks going in the first four picks you know, we had five of them being gone before pick eight or nine, you know, just because of whatever. So the Bears probably, you know, are kind of like, well, we signed Andy Dalton because we didn't think we were going to get a rookie quarterback, so we're going to have to wait. But at the same time, then he's there, and that's an opportunity that they didn't pass up. You know, Andy Dalton's not the long-term on, long-term option, and we got to remember the kid's only 22 years old. You know, he's going he's gonna to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears you know, the franchise long-term answer sooner or later, I don't think it needs to be right now. You know, I think he can wait without hurting him. You know, I don't think, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what, we committed to Dalton. We're going to stick with him until Fields is ready. Yeah. Well, but see, and that's, and that's my point. I guess my, my whole point in all of this is, Hey, Matt Nagy, you didn't have to make that decision right now. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? That's, fair. that's, that's my, that's my closing argument is, Hey, Matt Nagy, whether you're going to start like Matt Nagy can know in his mind in June that he's going to start Andy Dalton, no matter what. And that's but fine. He didn't have to go public, but that. he didn't have to go public and he didn't okay. have to, because I think at that point you run the risk of, it's not a guarantee. It's not saying that Justin Fields lost his confidence. It's not, but you run the risk of losing the competition over the summer. You that's, run the that's risk. That's an absolute fair statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you run the risk of that stuff. And that's why I go like, hey, Matt Nagy can sit in his head all day and go, Andy Dalton's my starter week one. I'm not going to put Justin Fields on the field until I have to because I want to protect the franchise, right? That's fine. That's it. That's all good, dude. But you don't need to say that in June. You don't need to come out and go, you know, because again, you you lose that competitive edge that, that quarterback competition is built for, you know what I mean? Um, and that's why that's the only reason I don't like it is because again, Matt Nagy can make that decision in his mind, but you don't have to make that decision publicly. Yeah. You know, and actually Sam to kind of argue there for a second, Shavocado in the chat says, if Justin Fields isn't fired up regardless, then he's not the guy. I kind of agree. I mean, even if he names the veteran starter who's won playoff games, you know, stuff like that, 
even if he says, yeah, he's starting, Justin Fields can't be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, but this is, but this he's is, got, he's got to still be ready to roll. This is bigger than Justin Fields, though. This is the franchise. Now, Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback, but you have an opportunity that you might not get in X amount of time, meaning Khalil Mack might not be happy with that decision. Allen Robinson might not be happy with that decision. But guess what? They don't need to know about that decision until week one. They don't need to know about that decision until week one. Now, Allen Robinson can sit back and go, wait a minute. If, if Andy Dalton's the starter week one, how long, how much longer do I actually have with Andy Dalton? I don't want to be here. Do I wait for Justin Fields or do I leave? So now Justin Fields loses his number one receiver without even stepping onto the field. You know what I mean? And that's why I go like, it's bigger than just Justin Fields. I'm not saying Justin Fields doesn't have that fire and that desire to play. I'm saying this is bigger than Justin Fields. It's the bears franchise. It's the fan base. It's the, you know, dot, dot, dot. It's all of this stuff, dude. And it's a shame because again, like you lose, you run the risk of losing that stuff because again, Alan Robinson has made it very public that he does not want to be there and they've worked some things out. And so you're going to sit here and go, Hey, Alan Robinson, it's June and you can build this chemistry with Justin Fields right now, but guess what? He's not going to see the field. So what's the point? And so now Alan Robinson is stuck going like, well, so what I wait six weeks and now we're say we're Oh and six and I'm unhappy still. And now, now Justin Fields and I have to come in and bring the bears back into a playoff position in a hard division. What's the point and let him walk and go to a, go to new England. You know what I mean? Like, so that's why I go like, that's why I just don't, I, I, again, and Matt Nagy can sit in his head all day and make that decision, but you don't need to tell the locker room and you don't need to tell the media. Okay. Especially in June. Yeah. Fair. Fair. What, what shirt are you wearing? Joe Burrow. So is that Burrow B U R R O W? Oh God. The The LSU one. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it's just it's like his jersey, so it's B U R O W. That one was kind of cool when he did that. Yeah, E-A-U-X. Yeah, that's that was awesome, man. Um, but that's all of my NFL offseason points. TJ, you got anything on your? You don't want to talk about the aggravating part? You tell me. I don't remember. I don't know. Talk about Madden twenty two. Oh God, Madden twenty two. <laughs> Screw that, dude. Dude, my uh, before you get going, okay? Before you get going, I, I know you're upset about the cover. The cover doesn't bother me. You can make a case every year for four or five guys that really deserve to be on the cover. It is what it is. But my issue with Madden is it doesn't change. It doesn't get any better. The game sucks. And what pisses me off even more is that it's the only football game, so I'm going to end up going and buying it anyway. And that's the problem, but it's, oh, it's just, it's such a bad game. It's so unrealistic. I mean, I, I, I think we've talked about it before. The worst part is when you're throwing a pass to a receiver in a game. I mean, it's, it's so stupid. Like, I mean, just catches that you should see it, it's, it's so dumb. I was actually excited um, about the yard. I thought that would have been such a cool feature. And then to figure out that like, it's only like the Madden online, like you don't even get to just like, just sit there and play it, you know, and pick whatever teams you want. I was like, well, that's kind of stupid too. Cause now it's just the same eight players or whatever it is. So it's 
Oh, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I cannot wait. And I'm praying NCAA comes back sooner rather than later. Because once NCAA comes back, I'm not buying Madden anymore. I'm not. I'd rather, I, I loved NCAA before they took it away. And EA Sports, if you're out there listening, you guys suck for taking NCAA away because you ruined lives. Go ahead, Sam. So my issue with Madden is the two cover athletes. The last time we saw it was like 2011 with Larry Fitzgerald and Troy Palmalu. I don't, I, I think my issue with Madden is the same issue I have with the Super Bowl and the issue I have with Tom Brady is we see the same guys in the same Super Bowl year in and year out. And guess what? We saw Patrick Mahomes on the cover in 2020. We saw Tom Brady on the cover in 2018. You know what I mean? Like we, we just saw them on the cover and there are plenty of deserving athletes. I mean, hell, why not put the offensive player of the year on it? Because I, I like Derrick Henry. Why doesn't Madden look at the most fan used character and put them on the cover? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, hell, why not put the MVP of the league on the cover? You know what I mean? Now, Aaron Rodgers might not be in a Packers uniform, so it's probably a safe bet to go, hey, he won't be a Packer, so we're not going to put him on the cover. I get that. But you have plenty of guys who who are like deserving time defensive player of the year. Yeah. Who are deserving of being on the cover. You know what I mean? And I think it's really, really like, I, like, I think it's, I think it's cool. Do I think that athletes care? No. Like, I don't think Derrick Henry is up at night going like, Oh shit, I didn't get put on the Madden cover. Like this is a bummer. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like, whatever. But the issue I have with it is I, you know, I say that. And then Lamar Jackson came out today and said, Hey, I don't, I don't, this is quite literally what Lamar Jackson said. I quote, I'm not an emotional guy, but I didn't cry when I won the Heisman. I didn't cry when I got all of my other accolades, but I did cry when I was announced as the cover athlete on Madden. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sitting here and I go, athletes don't put a whole lot of like emotion into this. And then you got the MVP from two years ago going, oh man, my Heisman was nothing in comparison, in comparison to being on the cover of Madden. And it's like, okay, one bullshit. Like you better, I mean, you can buy a $60 game of Madden with your cover on it. I mean, hell it's probably $2 and 99 cents at GameStop right now, but you can't get another Heisman. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so, and so that's why I go like bullshit, like bullshit. You're not going to be and so I, I don't know. I guess some athletes put merit into it, like Lamar Jackson, and I, I'm I'm hoping Derrick Henry doesn't put merit into it because Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was the deserving guy for it. Aaron Rodgers was the deserving guy for it. Aaron Donald was was the de- deserving guy for it. And nobody again, nobody cares about like the podcast. I mean, nobody cares about the podcast on the podcast. I'm sure not a lot of people are feeling the same way we're feeling about like who cares about Madden, but, and things like that. But I actually do believe based on Lamar Jackson's quote, there are probably some athletes in the NFL that are upset about the, the cover and feel like they should have gotten it. And I would say the same thing because there are some athletes who are upset with their ratings. Hence the reason the check down does or bleacher report does that thing of like improve my rating throughout the season where they put athletes on bye weeks and have them, do a viral video of them improving their footwork, right? Jerry Judy participated in it. Devin White participated in it. There are athletes who put merit into their 
Madden rating? Why do they interview the rookies and have them give their Madden rating or what they think they should be on Madden? Because there's merit in it. There's, there is a, call it a 5%, you know, a 5% like, to it. Yeah. yeah. Say it affects 5% of their output on the field. You know what I mean? It still is 5% of the game. And so now you just took away 5% of Derrick Henry's workload by giving it to the easy people, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, the easy answer. Did you see the interview? I think it was Zach Wilson. He was like, I should be like a 92. Yeah. Cause dumb. he thought he, well, and like what was even funnier was it wasn't like, Oh, I should be like a 92. Cause I'm one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He was like, well, I mean, if Mahomes and Rogers and Brady and like, he named like five, six quarterbacks. He was like, if like the top five, six quarterbacks in the league are like all 99, you know, and then like the next five or six are like 98. So he was just like had every single quarterback in the NFL above 90. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny because you have guys like hype and like now like Madden covers a big thing. Remember back in the day when guys are like, nah, I don't, I don't want any part of that. Keep me off of the cover of that game because that is just a curse and bad juju waiting to happen. But see, alone. but see, that's exactly my point is that like, Back in the day, people didn't want to be on the cover. It didn't make any difference. It was like a 3% that it affected their workload. But now, I mean, it, I mean, if Lamar Jackson, the MVP of the, one of the MVPs of the league is going to sit here and say that it affects him emotionally, then I think that you can probably increase that 5%, but I'm just giving a 5% grace. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm like upset about it, but I'm not really that upset about it. I really just hope that, I don't know. I hope, I mean, aside from, the actual sports world into the gaming world. I hope the game is better Um, in the trailer. It didn't look like anything was different. Um, I think the only thing that is different is they brought back the pressure system um, where like based on the stadium loudness and things like that, it affects the pressure of the game and the play calling. So I'm like, that's cool. That was fun. You know what I mean? You couldn't see what what route your receiver was running because the stadium was too loud. You know what I mean? It's like, that's fun. You know what I mean? Like, but as far as how it affects the sport sports world, I don't think it's cool. I think it's a cop-out and I, I'm not going to say they're not deserving of it. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are, we'll never see two guys like them again, but that doesn't mean. Oh, go ahead, bud. No, no. I I was changing the subject. So you keep going. I was just saying, it doesn't mean that you give them the cover every, every year. Yeah, no, that's fair. I was going to say, do you remember the year when, um, uh, the, What's it called? I can't think of what it, the quarterback, the QB vision. Oh, uh huh. Where that sucks, dude. You had to move your. You had to move your right thumbstick to like field of view. <laughs> to, how to, accurate to look you can in throw the direction. It. That dude. was so dumb. I when I was, oh my god. When I was a kid learning how that to play was video games, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. When I was a kid learning how to play video games, I was like, "This is the hardest thing I've ever going to do." Like, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't scramble and like use the the field of vision the, the quarterback vision to make an accurate throw because i'm already yes. doing you're like my I'm left never completing a pass again yeah <laughs> i'm doing my left thumbstick right and i'm doing my right thumbstick like following an athlete i'm like there's no there's no way um anyway well that's it for um this episode of sporty under 40 as always my name is sam my name is tj um we are this episodes are always live on twitch um so if you guys ever want to hop in and chat with us at twitch.tv backslash Sam Manwich, 
um, double M's. Um, we are also um, on Instagram at sporty under 40 F R O T Y at what F R F O R T Y. Um, and we do have a Twitter TJ. Uh, it's sporty under four zero. Awesome. Um, share with your friends. We love getting feedback, message us, do whatever. Um, but thank you guys for listening and have a good night.